Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shout outs on the podcast. I've recently started working part time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hoop theory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hoop theory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the LeBron James episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 61. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I am joined by my ambitious co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the LeBron James episode? It feels pretty good. Um, I think that this is the uh, – we're coming off of one of the best sports weekends for me in a long time. Oh, Really? Uh, because we had Husker football got a win. Wasn't pretty, but we got one. Uh, there's a new number one in the world of collegiate volleyball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nebraska mm-hmm. took down Wisconsin in five sets. My Patriots upset the Bills to get Bel- Belichick's 300th win. And uh, the only thing that could have made this better is if we would have heard if Derek White got an extension. But it doesn't seem like he did, but it's not been shot down to the point where he hasn't yet. Mm. Um because I just think he's going to play himself into more money, like pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so I would have loved to get it done, but it doesn't look like it did get done. But it, in Brad, we trust, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've said For that sure. when he was coach. I have a t shirt, and it rings even truer as uh, basketball GM. president, GM Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. So in Brad, we trust, uh, but I'm doing good, feeling ambitious. Um, which, which game is this of LeBron's? Like what? When did this happen? Twenty fourteen against the Charlotte Bobcats, Hornets. Uh, I think they were the Hornets at that point. Twenty fourteen. So it wasn't like some sort of like crazy, like no, important it's... game where that's his only career. He's only I say only. I guess yeah, sixty one but... points is <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, that's a good. That's a good number. Yeah, LeBron's never. He's also never been like uh, like the purest of bucket getters, which is insane that. He's also like with that. He's still the all-time league leader he, in points. I feel like he's just like a, a wall that leans on you. Yeah, like he's always mm-hmm. good, like very consistent and very thirty-six lots of minutes of time equals twenty-five to thirty points, thirty-five points, whatever you want to say, depending mm-hmm. on what mode LeBron is in. Constantly for like seventy games a year, just kind of like imposing presence yep he's literally he's literally averaged at least 25 points per game across 20 seasons in a row now that's that's wild that Mm -hmm. is wild wild stuff yep uh if anybody doesn't know that's definitely never been done before and i (laughs) i would i would wager never will be 
Yeah. Like Depends. obviously crazy uh, things happen, but like the 20 years part, and maybe that'll become more and more common guys playing yeah. in the NBA or just in sports in general maybe, for longer and longer. Maybe with, we'll be immortal at some point. Who knows? You know, I feel like that'll make the NBA not as fun. Yeah. Anti-aging. If it, if it just turns into like, it's actually the same, it's probably 30 guys. Cause you just turn into the equivalent of like all time rosters yeah. because you can play forever and forever and prove your game. <laughs> yeah. That would like, be... That'll be like cool, but not really. Yeah, it would be interesting. De- we definitely won't uh, experience that. Oh, we won't that. see that at all. Yeah, sure. so... My children's children might see that. Yeah, we are definitely going to die someday. But I guess, <laughs> if we think about it, planes, from their invention to when they were dogfighting in World War One was like 12 years. Oh, really? It, yeah, because it wasn't it 1903. This is all off the rip. This might be totally wrong yeah, numbers. I mean, I, I think no planes idea. were 1903, and World War One, like dogfights were like 1912, 1913. Yeah, that so it's a decade. They went from like barely flying to like, let's take this propeller and time our machine gun to shoot in between the rotor blades so we don't shoot down <laughs> our own propeller. Mm-hmm. Shout out to human ingenuity when it comes to warfare. Mm-hmm. And speaking of warfare, how do you feel? I'm just kidding. I, that was a joke. We're not going to talk about what's going on in the. Uh. Uh, <laughs> not going to dive into any kind of political discourse here on this <laughs> this beautiful uh, yeah. Monday evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can steer clear of that for now. Oh, this is the Monday before the season starts. For those listening, yes, later. Uh, we also should mention that. Yep. So this is the last day before. NBA basketball returns to our lives. Uh, the Nuggets are playing. Celtics, are they playing tomorrow? They are on they play? Wednesday. No, okay. I think they're taking on the Knicks on Wednesday. Okay, that'll be a pretty good one. I'm guessing they play Philly pretty soon, too, at the beginning we, of the season. I feel like we always start with Philly, so that's yeah. the only reason I really took note of, like, oh, it's not Philly. This is weird. Oh, yeah. So, oh, there's only two games tomorrow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I felt... But you know what blew my mind? I saw ESPN had a graphic, and do you know who the four people were on it? This is going to upset you. For did it include every team? NBA tip off. Nope. It was it was just it was for tomorrow. NBA tip off. Yeah. So the four teams tomorrow. It was one person from each team. You're saying? That's what you think. Oh, so it wasn't. Yes. Was it the three Suns? So no. Okay, it was. I want to say the Suns. Can you tell me the teams? Okay. Well, no, then that ruins the, the exercise of why... Well, you'll know why you'll be mad. There wasn't a nugget. Okay. It That's... was Steph, LeBron. I think the son was KD. And for some reason in the background is like the biggest figure was Jason Tatum. What? For NBA tip-off. What in the world? Oh, Did they just get it wrong? Did they think the Celtics and Lakers were playing? I don't know. Maybe it's just so maybe it's Mike Malone called in a favor and wanted some bulletin board material. Maybe honestly, I mean, but yeah, I, that seems a little crazy. Uh, I will, NBA I will champs. find the image. It, that's a tradition. The NBA champs always play opening night, so that should be the last team that they forgot. I will you know, send this about. to you um, in two ways, so you can see it now, and so we can pop up the graphic in the episode as well. Because it's pretty much just like the three teams that are playing and then not the Nuggets. <laughs> and they put Jason Tatum on there instead. 
Uh, and it says NBA on TNT begins Tuesday. The other thing that's funny is the Celtics don't even play on TNT tomorrow. On Wednesday? Uh, on Wednesday, sorry. They play on ESPN. Yeah. So it just it's... was like a, a whole level of doesn't make sense. Yeah, that is wild. I mean, there's enough to be mad about yeah. with the uh, just how how you you know how you back back when we were first were doing stuff. We in don't the... play the Sixers until November. Oh, really? November eighth. Hmm. That seems like a travesty. That's interesting. Usually, oh, we have Miami really the next game. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we should probably get the rubber on the road for this episode and yes, jump right into what we wanted to open the episode with. And now that we're almost 10 minutes in, um, <laughs> and that is the city edition jerseys. Like, you know, I feel like we've been talking about jerseys way too much on this podcast. And uh, also I'm tired of going through and putting all of them up on screen. So let's just give the people a place where they can go find all of these if they care to. Yeah. Let's see them. Um, which do you have a site, I guess, where I you've been looking use, at them? I always go to basketballjerseyarchive.com. Okay. Also, there is a website right now, sbnation.com. Uh, you may have heard of it. The name of the article is Every NBA City Edition Jersey in 2023-2024, ranked by how cool they are. And it shows all of them um, in this article. Are they all F-tier? No, there's actually there's no S tiers. That's good. I think that's some, correct. I actually I haven't looked through all of these. So this is a good comment. The Jazz ones are actually awesome. I love them. So the team that right now I feel have the worst jerseys in basketball for like their current jerseys, the Jazz. These new ones are literally the ones that I found. I I didn't know these were real, but I like a year ago I found these on uh, and on 2K in the uh, user uploaded library, and I. Why did you leave? Gosh dang it! I I was on the wrong tab. <laughs> oh, you closed the tab? Is that what you did? I searched on the wrong tab. SB Nation. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's all right. It's just sometimes for some reason, um, when when we're doing these on Riverside, when you leave. Sometimes it will it'll actually in the recording you'll leave before you actually did. So we'll like lose some sometimes we we lose some of what we thought was recorded for some reason. The Celtics is a D tier? That's wild to me. It's not a good jersey, but the fact that they're like, "Oh yeah, the this is wild actually. This list is fraudulent." Wait, so you're saying that the the D tier like they should be higher, Boston? The fact that they put them on the same tier as the Chicago Bulls jersey. But, like, are you saying they should be higher or lower? Yes. I can't, I, Just, like, one higher. Like okay, a C tier. I, I, like, I like Boston's jerseys a lot. Actually, I feel way differently about how I, f- like, said earlier, I said the even the best of these jerseys are actually terrible or mid at best. I take that back because there's actually some pretty good ones here. No, this list is fraudulent. The Times New Roman Atlanta is a B tier jersey to this person. I don't like. I think the, I don't know the ATL. It's it's yeah. It's not good. It should be a D at very best, honestly. But I what he put in the F tier. I don't mind the Clippers jersey. I kind of like that. It's like the cursive clips. Yeah, I guess kind of cursive. I guess it's like slanted. 
Also, the Memphis one, I kind of want to see someone wearing it, but it's that's interesting to me, that concept. Like the three lines to, to form M, E, and M each. Oh, the heat one sucks. Yes, no, I, that's the one I, I feel like that's who, – whoever made that, I don't believe they think it's good. <laughs> you know? Like there's no way. For those – it just is the heat and the standard script – Heat with a little flame coming off the tee like it's a lighter in red on a yeah. black jersey. And then the biggest word on the jersey, you'd think, oh, it's probably the word heat or the last name of the player. Nope. Culture. Just, uh, it's, just, it, lo- <laughs> it literally looks like a, a jersey in 2K that, some, that a fan somebody made, made that I wouldn't even download. Like that I would be like, no. It's, <laughs> it's not, not worth using the data. Yeah. And also it's like it reminds me of something that you'd see on Facebook like on one of those really cheap bootleg ads, like people selling team paraphernalia that is That's not, not real from the team. It looks like something like that. The thing that I, like, I feel like they could have done, it's so easy to think of like, if they want to incorporate culture, which I think is not a terrible idea. Like if they like, but the easy way to do that, just make a normal heat Jersey. And instead of where it says heat, just make that say culture. You know what I mean? Like that would be way better. I guess just, I just think that would be stupid. Why? I get the heat culture is a cool deal, but I, I mean, think I'm not that in favor of doing that. But I'm saying if you oh, want to do that, if you have to do that, that's the best way to do something that I think by, is dumb by far. Yes. Uh, speaking of things that are dumb, you know what my favorite basketball team is? The five thousand two hundred and eighties. Yeah, um, that's. I'm talking about the Nuggets jersey now. Yeah. Just an, so it's a black jersey with like this thing they've been doing, which I think is good. A lot of their new jerseys have this wraparound mountain that, like, wraps in a colored beam around the whole jersey. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, ever so slightly blue that you can barely even tell it's there. And then it just – and the yellow and the Nuggets yellow, 5280, the elevation of – A mile. The city of Denver of a mile. Yeah. Which that's been the same thing that they've had in, like, the middle of the free throw lane for a while. Um, And I don't hate the number thing. It's just the fact that it doesn't say Nuggets. Oh, sorry. I apologize. I see it now. It does say Denver Nuggets. Above the tag. Very small above the tag. (laughs) I just noticed that too. I didn't Um, see that before. I didn't didn't think it said Nuggets at all. Or like anything. Yeah, no. Cleveland doesn't say Cleveland. It just says the land. But that like makes sense. I get that more. Yeah. The thing I'll say about the Nuggets jersey, I – uh don't like it at all um but i also it's not something that i'm not it doesn't make me mad it does it's not one that i feel strongly about at all like i'm not like oh that makes me angry or that mm-hmm. it just is just the most awful jersey i've ever seen you know? this is proof of the point that i've made when we did our uh all-time jersey things during our um like preview of uh, overs and unders yeah. Just do it every other year. Half the teams, and it doesn't have to be a perfect half. Just you come out with a different one, and then the good ones get highlighted for two years. Yeah. that I agree or that will help. Every, or like even if the NBA was like for merchandising reasons, we need you to come out with a new one every three years at the minimum. What's wrong with that? And some teams can do it every year if they want, if Nike draws up something of decent value. But, like, the New York jersey, the New York Knicks jersey, is just like someone put on three, like, forgot to put on 3D glasses 
and they just put like an orange New York and then a white New York. Dude, like I, I actually kind of dig that one. That that one's kind of <laughs> sick. Not gonna lie. That so, I don't. That's like to me. That's not like it's like more of a um. What's that called? Like a man. I can't think of the word. Like a something that is abstract. No. Like it's when, when you when something you don't you don't think is like very the, like the most high level of art, but you still enjoy it. Um, there's a word for it. I just can't think of it. But anyways, like I just you, you, I really you, like I, I, these you know, jerseys. I like are the some, rest of the jersey a lot. Yeah, just no. that New York I think is dumb. I can see why you think it's dumb, um, but to me, it's just kind of like a vibe. I don't know why, that's, and that's like, totally like, fine. It's like an early, in a good, in a charming way. It's like a early internet, early computer, like MS Paint type of graphic design. You know what I mean? I am waiting though for that NBA Paint's got to get big enough that the NBA is going to do like a legitimate, like they'll use his, lo- he'll make a jersey for every team, and it yeah. won't be worn on the court, but they'll sell it at NBA store. Mm. Like I'm just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, that would be cool, honestly. Would it? <laughs> it would be cool. It would be cool for like the story, but I feel like I guess as long as they don't wear them, because some of them are hilarious. Just yeah. because he's like Heat, what a dumb logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, NBA paints. If people didn't know what I was referring to, on I think everything he's NBA paints everywhere. Yeah, I, they, do, I think. I don't know if it's a dude. I've always assumed shouldn't do that. Yeah, that they do funny work. Um. Yeah, so this is on SPNation.com, and it's, like, one of the top stories. City Edition's ranking them by, like, how cool they are. And that's why we're just, like, looking at these as we roll through. Um, if people yeah. are trying to, because Logan doesn't want to have to go find all of them, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Looking at this list, though, I feel a lot less – I feel a lot differently than I felt heading into this episode. Because I all the ones I've seen pictures of have been the awful ones, which there are a lot of awful ones. And, okay, yeah, the thing that I wanted to say that – you know, your whole thing is you think the solution is do it every other year. I think that probably would help a lot. But I just think that's even the fact that they have to do one every year should not be an excuse for some of these. Like the Heat Culture jersey, that should never be a jersey. Like maybe on the drawing board, uh, sure, it could yeah, make it, a, make it that thought. far. But there's no way this should ever be a design that's landed upon for a season. Like it's just... There's no excuse for it. I think the best jersey is San Antonio's. I am the best. It is up there for out of all these. Cleveland's is hard to beat. Utah's is good. I like San Antonio's so much for some reason. I don't know why. It just is appealing to look at. Like that color of blue that you find infatuating. Yeah. That's how I feel about this font for the San Antonio jersey. Of the number? Of both. The lettering. I, love I wish the their la- I wish their last name was the same font as San Antonio on the front. But yeah. I think the NBA has rules about the, the name, doesn't it? I have no idea. They probably do. But uh, that would be weird, like the, though, the, I feel the, like. the last name font on almost every jersey is almost the same, just like spaced and angled differently. Yeah. So I think they're okay. Yeah, the, the jazz one. I started going into that, and then you and then left we, the call. <laughs> yeah, the so this jazz jersey is the jersey that I found in 
uh, in 2K in the user creator user created section um, when I rebranded the Jazz because you know how their current jerseys are just god awful. So, so you like immediately were like, I need to get rid of this. Yeah. So I downloaded, I, I uh, uploaded or yeah, I downloaded a new uh, team branding thing. And that was the Jersey set that I got. It was like some white versions of those, those purple ones and then a uh, black alternate. Um, but I just love that. That's so cool. I didn't even know that that was like a you know concept. What's crazy? That, like it must've been a, a Nike concept unless they stole it from some like online creator. That's what I was going to say. Cause a lot of these feel like they were made in 2k, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. What if like they just are like I'm, some dude at Nike is just like scrolling through 2k, but like, that's pretty good. That yeah. should go on the board. Uh, yeah, I think some of the concepts are kind of brought back to life from something that used to be like the yes the Phoenix ones, the El Valley ones, or El however you pronounce that in in Spanish. Uh, I think that was like a concept they had back in like 2012 or something like that when they did like the the Spanish night jerseys. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but no, uh, and some of them are, but then there are just some that I'm like, I like Houston's. Houston's are fine. It says H Town. It's got cursive on it. I'm fine with. But then there's like Atlanta's where I'm like the colors I don't get. It's like cerulean blue and yeah, I eggshell yellow. I love the colors for just in general, but like for Atlanta, it doesn't make sense. Also, that I don't like the font for the ATL. Um, no, it's actually Times New Roman. Someone lo- went and looked. It's like they like did the pixel checking. It is legitimately Times New Roman bold. Yeah, it's interesting. In all lowercase letters. Yeah, uh, it's just. Not a great look. Also, like uh, in general, I like the the names to be on the top, on the back, um, just in in general. If it's on the bottom, it's kind of like automatic points deducted for you. Yeah, but um, the, I like the Buzz City Charlotte ones. Those are really good. Fine. Um, I actually love the the color of those ones. The Kings ones I like because it's like just like similar to modern ones, but it's mixed with like their the Cincinnati or. Old color scheme. Old old color scheme, yeah. Wherever they were when they had that. I like the Detroit ones. Um, They're fine. Yeah. Minnesota, good ones. These are all ones that – and the San Antonio ones I feel like are good. Cleveland, good. So there are a lot more ones that I would say are good. Like I'm fine with those as like a – H-Town ones are meh. Like they're not that good. Minnesota ones are a little bit above meh. To me, I think the H Town ones are like because those are like Houston, the town of Houston's colors, the city of Houston. Is that like an official thing? They have their own colors. It's like I think it's a flag. Well, every most cities have a flag. Oh, a flag. I like the color of the flag. Okay, that makes sense. Because Chicago is the one that has like most notably will throw their flag onto jerseys for no reason. Oh, and that's the city of Chicago's flag. The city of Chicago's flag is like the baby blue. With like the red stars in the middle, huh? I have no idea what the city of Omaha or Lincoln's flags are. I've never, I've never even seen them. I don't think. I might have seen the Omaha one actually. Now that I'm looking at it, Lincoln's oh, yeah, is like I've a, definitely seen the Lincoln one. Lincoln's is like abstract art it's of like, the capital. It's new, isn't it? it uh, January twenty fourth of twenty twenty two. Yeah, so pretty, pretty new. I actually I feel really like, that, like that. that. That's yeah, that's a nice flag. It's distinguishable from a distance. 
I've definitely seen it, but I thought it was from like a video game or something in my memory. It also feels like New Mexico a little bit. Got a little bit of a little bit of New Mexico vibe. Oh, really? I I think I link it more towards. I think there's a flag in Skyrim like that for one of the cities in Skyrim. It's pretty similar. No, not Skyrim. Huh? What do you mean? I'm like racking my brain and I'm not getting anything. What are you talking about? Like fl- like city flags in Skyrim? Yeah, like uh and it like, also okay, might okay. it also might not even be in the base game. It's probably I think it's probably like a mod, like some kind of like oh, when you get mods, like, cities cities updated on mods like to get the, like more decorations and stuff. Like they add like banners and flags and stuff. Like because Winterhold like is the is the bear. Yeah, but that's not a flag. That's like a, a coat of arms. I'm talking about like a f- ban- I always thought that their flags were like pretty much just their coat of arms on a background. Yeah, I'm talking about something else. And okay. Like, this might be – and also the flag might have just been for the College of Winterhold specifically. Okay. Maybe if you look that up. No, I haven't looked. I'm just thinking. College of Winterhold Because flag. it's like a – I just remember the colors and then like roughly what it is. Cause like white runs yellow with a horse. Uh, White run. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Imperial solitude is a red wolf. Mm -hmm. I think it's a wolf. Yeah. Okay. I found this college of Winterhold class of four E 201. It's a sticker. This is the only place I've been able to find that symbol though. So this must have been a mod that I had at one point. And that's fine. My brain just... I just... You said Skyrim, so my brain just started, like, digging. And I was like, I'm not pulling anything. Yeah. Trying to finish off this Jersey talk, though. I do want to at least uh, give a tad bit of a thought on each one. Rip City ones, I like. Those ones are interesting. It's, like, checkered or... What is that? I, I can't see it very up close. Do you see it? It's, like... Oh, that's, like... uh lumberjack yep no i like that it's flannel sorry Flan- I didn't flannel there about. we go flannel that's the no, word I'm, for it i am a big fan of that little accent that is there yeah the lakers ones i i don't love at all uh it's fine. are i i put i would put the lakers in like the d tier for me yep uh mavs close to d tier but for different reasons like it's just boring it's not like an eyesore. Like the Lakers mm-hmm. is a tad bit of an eyesore. Mavs. A lot is just of teams like, went black this year. A lot of teams leaned into the black. Yeah, that's true. Or that's dark gray. Weird. San Francisco or the you know the Warriors ones are okay. I'm sure that curvature of the font has something to do with something like a hill or I don't know a whale's tail. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the exact curvature is like supposed to mimic like a, a landmark or something. I, like mm. the maybe. I don't know. Does the Golden Gate Bridge curve at all? Nope. It's a, just a... It's just a straight from a bird's eye view? Yeah, from the top for sure. Okay. Indies, I don't like at all. Like, they're that's like something that I feel like is fine for like an AAU tournament. It feels like they did a partner a partnership with Subway Surfers. <laughs> the NBA did, and that was the Indianapolis jersey. Yeah, that's I don't like that at all. Milwaukee's are actually kind of cool, but again, I'm I'm usually against the blue with Milwaukee. I if they if that was just like green instead, 
the blue. They're, they're dark green. Yeah, the dark green. Okay. Um, I would like, like the Milwaukee black. green. I don't know why I called it dark green. Yeah, um, or black even. But I don't think they can beat their Fear the Deer black jersey, so I'm good with them getting a new, a new good green jersey. Yeah, either one of the, just not blue to me. Like I feel like that's how I don't hate it actually. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's a good looking jersey. I just in general would like the Bucks not to be blue, because why did they start becoming blue? They've always had a little tinge of blue since they did the rebrand. Yeah, I know. Like since they did the rebrand, but why? Like why is there's just like but why did they drop purple? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, and then OKCs are okay. I think what would make them infinitely better is just having the name on the top. In the, on the back. I also think that they're kind of a travesty. They're, they're, these are bad. Oh, you do think these that? Are like, these are like heat mashup bad. I hate them. Where they have like the photographs of old OKC jerseys like scissored together and then is that layered. What that is? Yeah. It's not oh. like a design. It's like old OKC jerseys. Okay. From I like, don't. Yeah, pictures. now that I'm looking, now that I can actually kind of see that, I don't like that. I would like it better if it was just kind of like a pattern of like, like a wavy, I don't know, lightning bolty ish soft pattern. Yeah, of like yeah, but no, it's like a pictures or like shards is kind of what I thought it was at first. That's so bad. Like broken shards. Bolty. Like it's almost like cracked glass or something like that. Um, Chicago, I hate. Uh, I don't like the. I like the 76ers, the jersey numbers. Those look kind of interesting. Those are dope. Um, stick to just one word or two. City mm-hmm. of brotherly love on the front of a jersey. Don't need it. Yeah. I'm good. I get it. I, it's Philadelphia's thing. Just stick to mm-hmm. Philly or, or Philly. Or you could or... just put brotherly love. You yeah. don't need cursive City, it's whatever. It's fine. Their their number makes up for it. This is like a C tier jersey just because of their number. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans could have been a lot better, but it's not the worst thing ever. I guess it's like the similar to as the uh, Dallas one to me. It's like why, why do you why can they use green? They can't. I just kind of um, skipped. I, there's a few of these teams that are using off. Just the, weird colors, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of weird colors, what in the Lord was the District of Columbia thinking? This feels like it is an intro for a Dungeons & Dragons YouTube channel. And I'm looking at it as a jersey. This yeah. is wild. I agree. There is five colors on this jersey. It also looks kind of awesome. I will I will give it that. It does look how like it definitely looks sick. <laughs> I would say, like, okay. it, it were, like uh, detach yourself, kind of like with uh, how I did with the Milwaukee ones. Detach yourself from what team is wearing them, and you just no, saw. A team I wearing don't these have jerseys. a problem with teams like doing color things if it like means something. It, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like, like I, should... I thought their cherry blossom jerseys were fine. They were dumb. I didn't like them. I didn't, wouldn't have bought one. Yeah. But like. So it, we feel the same about that. But it like made sense the connection they made to the city. Like I'm like, okay. Yeah. Washington DC has a bunch of cherry blossoms and that's like, they're okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. This one, I just don't. Also, 
I think this would be better if they just put the district. Instead of the of Columbia under it? Of <laughs> Yeah. You don't like just, that? We don't need as many words. It's really tiny, though. That's I what I, I mean. To the point where it's like almost not even there. Yeah, but so it's like an, a little accent piece to the... I, I, I guess. Like it. I just feel like, to me, I, I don't even... <clears throat> most of the time, I don't want to know the reason behind the jerseys. That's how I am with like most things. I feel like it just with art. Like, yeah. I don't want to know what all went into the thought of it because then it, I don't know. I just like the, the vibe of a, of a thing. I you can't I mean? get over the five colors. Dark gray, light gray, red, orange, teal. It just works. It's not me. bad. I would not want to own it. That's I fair. also would like to know why that the slant is diagonal and where it's why it's there. I like that too, honestly. It just feels random. It, uh, yeah. Does does the uh, do they call their subway system the red line? Is that DC? I have no idea. Um, but honestly, oh, just the metro. It's just like if so. If this was more of maybe if this was a Portland jersey because of like the you know how they have that's part of their branding. Oh, red line Chicago. Sorry. Oh, but the uh, you know that slash that Portland has in their branding of, of jerseys. Yep. Um, if this was a Portland jersey, I feel like it would make more sense. But like, but Portland already stole jerseys from Charlotte. So to complete the trifecta, are we going to get a <laughs> Washington uh, themed or, or, a, or a Charlotte a, jersey? A Charlotte jersey, yeah, Washington themed Charlotte jersey, yeah. That would be the way to complete the triangle. It's just like a hornet wearing a, like an Uncle Sam hat with like sparklers. Mm-hmm. Toronto <laughs> ones are fine. Just a lot of a color that should be an accent, in my opinion. Yeah. New York, I actually really like. These might be, like, top three for me. They're honestly. <laughs> um, again, I'm trying to think of that word, but I can't think of it. But, and then the novel. Novelty. There we go. Novelty. Like, that is a, no- it's like a, something that is. New? No, like it, like a, something that's a novelty to me, at least. I, I guess I don't know if it, I don't know the exact definition. I just feel like the way it's used sometimes is to mean like it's not uh, like the pinnacle of art necessarily. I'm not defending it as like an objective pick, but like something about it I just enjoy. I don't know if that is just completely Unu- the quality of being new, original, or unusual. Unusual, yeah. Uh, do, denote, denoting something intended to be amusing as a result of its new or unusual quality, I think is the closest definition to what you're trying to portray. Yeah. So that is a okay word for what I mean. But uh, Boston's I actually really like too. They're up there for me as well. Um, you they're don't okay. care. Um, I, I, they might be some of my favorite Boston jerseys, honestly. No, they're like a a good Boston jersey. I love the sides. Um. I just – I think if they were white, I'd feel better. Instead of the cream? Instead of cream. Um, I'll probably get one. Like I'll probably get my – Porzingis jersey will probably be the city edition if I had to guess. Um, yeah. I, know, I just love the – the thing I love most about it, honestly, is the font on the front. I just like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't for the life of me because I know that font is from somewhere. I think it was like warm-ups of, of some era used that Boston font. Yeah. With like the two-layered, and mm-hmm. it looks 
like it's a 3D thing, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Oh, this person sure was complaining because they look for, like they're a Milwaukee Bucks jersey. No, was the I person that wrote this article's complaint? Yeah, I, I honestly don't really agree too much. I mean, I, I guess I could see how they're like, a green. They're a green Boston, team. Boston has those same colors, so um, yeah. But then Clippers, I actually I really like the Clippers ones. I don't know why he ranks them so low. The Nuggets ones are lower half for sure in this because I, there's actually quite a few of these that I like. Um, and Nuggets, you said you're just fine with. I I would say I'm below fine with like I don't like them at all. There's nothing that I'm like oh like you hope they wear them once and then never wear them again. I honestly would rather they never wear them. But well, they like, have to. So. Yeah, but it's just like it's not a jersey that when I see it, I'm like it's not like the red one where I'm like you guys you need to take those off right now and put on a different jersey. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're better than the red ones to me. The heat culture ones uh, you've already talked about should go in the garbage. Um. The Nets ones, I don't really like that the much. The way you feel about the Nets is the one I feel about the Knicks. Reverse. The way you feel about the Knicks is the way I feel about the Nets. Yeah, I just don't like the the like, letters. The letters are just, they look like really? pillows. I like that, actually. The only part I don't like is the back. I wish that the the loudness of the weird random shapes was equal on the front as it is the back. Ah. Uh. You know, yeah. the back feels a lot more "quote unquote" busy yeah, than the I, front does. I agree. Behind, especially behind the what you're looking at, like the mm-hmm. letters, um, and then Memphis ones. I feel like could have been done a lot better, but I like the idea with the M, like the. Th- I haven't gotten your opinion on this yet. I feel like every time I've talked about it, you've gone completely quiet. <laughs> well. <laughs> I just don't know why. It's fine. I just like the idea of like when you look at it, you you see at least I do. I see mem like right away m e m, and I just the fact that you can do that with just three lines, like three lines vertical and then three lines horizontal and then three lines vertical, is just interesting. And I feel like there's a lot of ways you can make that work, and I feel like they did one of the most boring ways to do it. You know what I mean? So not great execution, but I like the idea. And then Orlando, this is different than the one that was leaked. And the one that was leaked was awesome, I thought. And this one is just fine. Yeah, this one's fi- Yeah, I'd say fine. It looks it, – it feels more like a, a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> basketball jersey, you know, than a Orlando jersey. But or the Spurs. I could see the Spurs wearing this honestly, without the blue. Mm-hmm. If it was just gray and black. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, so that is all of the jerseys. Uh you yeah, we've already said where to find them. So yeah, without further ado though, let's get into the main stuff of this episode, which is the awards uh odds for this upcoming season. And starting off with I guess should we start with MVP, the Michael Jordan trophy? Sure. We'll start off with MVP. We've already kind of talked about it with the GM survey. Um but Nikola Jokic is the favorite, but it's not as heavy as you would think. Uh, he's plus 430. Um, but he, he is the favorite. And then Luka Doncic is in second at plus 550. Giannis in third, plus 600. And then it's Tatum at 750. Uh, Joel 
at 850 and then Steph at 1400. Hmm. I'm fine with that actually. I feel like the value would be whatever Steph and LeBron are at. Because like if LeBron has like a moderately good year and he's like nearing the end, I could see them being like, oh, that's a good story. But it should be Jokic's because it'll be like a revenge tour in terms of voters refixing what they did last year. Yeah. LeBron is crazy low. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteenth. Plus oh. five thousand. Yeah, that's value right there. Yeah. It's probably He's, not likely, but if you're to throw ten bucks and be like, I don't really care, uh turning ten bucks into that'd be what? Five hundred? Yeah. That seems worth it. <laughs> but the people he's below is interesting. He's right below De'Aaron Fox, Dame Lillard, Anthony Edwards, Donovan Mitchell. He's below. Yeah. That's wild. Anthony Whoa. Davis, Shea Gilders that. Alexander. That's fine. That's fine. Devin Booker makes sense. Kevin Durant fine. is iffy. Wild-ish. Fine, but wild. The fact that he's yeah. not right there. They should all be. Like, what are the odds of those guys? KD is plus 1,900. So he's. A lot more likely to, to win MVP according to the odds. Yeah. What is uh, Donovan Mitchell? Three thousand. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. More because think math wise, the Cavs are not going to be a top two team in their conference. They could the be. La- That's not unthinkable at all. It's okay. It's likelihood of the. Lakers being the two seed or the one seed compared to the Cavaliers doing it. It's somewhat close. I would lean Lakers. The but Lakers a two seed? Yeah. The Lakers aren't – they're not like a regular season team really. You know, it, Cleveland is like you expect them to have a better regular season than playoffs. Lakers is the opposite. I, I would feel a lot more confident in the Lakers ending up a, a one or a two seed than the Cavs. I don't think that's crazy to feel to lean them, but like to say that it's not close, I think is a little crazy. And that's fine. Then I'll be crazy. Because I mean, the Cavs were the number one seed for a lot of last year in the East. Hmm. Last year. Yeah. Where the entire East has gotten better. And they have gotten better. Marginally. And their their pieces are their core is very young, so they're just get. I don't, I, there's a very. I'm not saying they will be better. I think Cavs um, are not as good as last year. I just don't see why you can like how you can say that there's it, how would it be surprising if Evan Mobley takes a takes a step, Darius Garland takes another step, Donovan Mitchell stays if, Donovan Mitchell? If multiple people take steps, yes. Is a 22-year-old or whatever Darius Garland is and then a 21-year-old Evan Mobley not Evan the, Mobley I get and Darius, I guess those are two guys that make sense. But I just, I don't like Donovan Mitchell. If people haven't figured that out, I just don't. <laughs> I actively avoid him as a basketball player in fantasy. Just about everything. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me sometimes. When he gets, when he when he turns into a not so great basketball player, is in the most inopportune moments possible. But he's also had in in like the biggest moments, he's had some like crazy great games performances yeah there's like no in the middle he never just has an okay night (laughs) yeah um 
Yeah, there's definitely some flaws with him that, like, back in the day, I used to lean him over Booker, but there, that's not even a contest to me anymore. Yeah, um, and I don't think it should be, probably. Yeah. It's Donovan Mitchell, for sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but that's but, great, but, like, plus 2,000 difference in Donovan Mitchell. To LeBron, yeah. To LeBron? Like, mm-hmm. what's... Who's the other name that you said? Oh, what's Deeron Fox at? Plus 4,000. Okay. I don't hate that. That's one of the names that. up here that makes more sense to me. Dame makes no sense. Yeah. At all. Would how would Damian Lillard win the MVP when he's on the same team as Giannis? Like, can you foresee that happening at all? Where we're no. like, unless Giannis doesn't end, play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, look up at the end of the season, and we're like, oh yeah, the you know who the best player on the Bucks has been this year is Damian Lillard. <laughs> That's a possibility, but I think it'd be like a because of how they're used. Because, like, I think there's a world where they try some things and then they realize just running the offense through Dame and letting Giannis just be Giannis is, like, what they result they, – Yeah, they but does that make on. Giannis worse? No, it doesn't make him a worse player, but in terms of optics – Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, actual knowledge, like, oh, Giannis is still getting 28 points a game. And he's, like, the, the backbone of why it works the way it works. And he's just, like, picking up scraps when he can. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that's insane. But just looking at it, it might not look that stats. Not watching games, obviously. Because watching games, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, Giannis is an animal. Because mm-hmm. he is. But, yeah. I am I am that LeBron one being low seems crazy. That's Yeah, also, kinda... Jamal Murray should not be higher than Victor Wenbanyama. I don't think Victor Wenbanyama should be super high, but, like, just that doesn't make any sense to me. That's it's like the same. If you're not the best player on your team, definitively, yeah. Like if it's close, still no. Yeah. But if it's like a not think, a definitive, I am the best player. The only one that that could go either way. There's a couple that maybe could go either way. Lakers, Lakers, and Suns. Durant yes. and Booker. Because you have two guys that are in the top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, and then the next one after that, without thinking about it too hard would probably be the Sixers if James Harden was not in the situation that he is in right now. Yeah. Um, and then next after that would be probably Nuggets and Celtics would be on like the same next tier of like their second guy and their first guy are just too far apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else would be up there? Kings King, is another I was going to say Kings or it's, Pelicans. Yeah. But yeah, that's just all of those either, things. None of those things are going to happen. <laughs> make, yeah. Jokic is going to be the MVP. I feel like he probably will be. If Luka is the MVP, the Mavs have to have way better season than I think they're going to have. Um, Giannis probably won't win MVP, but he's definitely good. I think Tatum, honestly, should be the second highest odds. Just because of the situation, I agree. Yeah. Because um, there's like... There's a world where the Celtics get the one seed like by a couple of games comfortably, and he's just the best player. And you know what? I also think that SGA borderline could be third. Yes. Yes. Like he could be yes. the third most likely to me. Because like just think no, about if, if the Thunder are, are like the two the seed. Oh, I was gonna say the four three or four seed. It's because SGA is cooking with some crazy sauce. Yeah. If SGA turns into like a 32% three-point shooter, it's over. He won't do that this year, I don't think. But 
well, he, he might I mean, already be there. But he probably, I think he is. He he he's had a season where he shot over forty, but that was I think was an outlier. Uh, he just doesn't shoot very much of them, very many of them. He's kind of like high um, volume. 34 through anyway he's gone um, he's actually gone down over the years too he takes less of them now yeah because he just has turned into a different yeah last year he's like he, reverse ray allen last year he didn't even take one a game oh, or no geez. never mind that's made uh, attempts 2.5 but that's also he's is the lead he's the leading shot taker on their team by a lot um yeah so but yeah he takes 20 shots a game over 20 so only two and a half of those are three pointers from three point land. Um, and, he, and he shot thirty four point five percent last year, so not bad. Uh, but definitely not a guy that you need to go over on screens. Um, you can definitely go under on screens with SGA, and he, it's not going to punish you too much. Um, Who else is somebody else? Like I feel like those are the three big ones. I'd say that, it, like. Luca and Giannis are probably mainly Luca is probably in the same ballpark as SGA, but I yep. might I would lean SGA though. I feel like as like just because of what we've seen Luca do the past couple of like Luca's team does not feel like they're doing this like the Thunder do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the and Thunder feel like slanted oh, up in an upward an trajectory. Yeah. Um, so like the Thunder feel like they're in a sharp upward direction where like in two years the Thunder could be the best team in basketball. Yeah, or in the argument for, and the Mavericks are like they have to do a lot of things yeah. to even to get, be in an get upward direction. Yeah, uh, to get back on track, as you said. So I think that that's just a big a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in my mind, I see. I could imagine uh, the Thunder being at the top of the standings way more easily than I can imagine the the Mavericks being at the top of the standings. Yeah, uh, to be honest. And that's that's pretty much the only reason why but I, feel I don't like... think there's a world the Mavericks end up there, and there is a world where the Thunder do. Yeah, I would. I guess I wouldn't disqualify it completely, but I would be pretty surprised if it they is were... not a zero percent chance. But it's like being the 14th team in the lottery and getting the number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, it's just not not feeling great. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think so. Both of our picks would be Jokic, obviously, for MVP. Um, and yeah, I think we've done enough on that, but yeah, I guess we should both give picks like our, what, who we think will be MVP. So for each of these awards and both of ours will be Jokic, Jason Tatum, or you're going to go Jason Tatum. I feel like, yes, I like Jason Tatum, but a value pick money betting LeBron, but I think it will be, it's going to be Jokic, but I want to say Tatum. So I'm going to Tatum's pretty good, pretty good odds too. Cause he's fourth. He's odds. a lot more likely than LeBron He's, is, like, yeah. for a good reason. I I like Tatum uh, to do it, and I think that because um, there was like two months there where he was the MVP if the season ended, before Jokic really went Terminator mode. Yeah, before Jokimus. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I feel like Tatum might have been actually in like been the MVP if the season ended. Yeah, he was he was definitely at the top of all the ladders. And yeah, he's a plus 750, so it'd be decent return. Yeah, that's um, my MVP. Yeah, and also, while we're here, Jamal Murray also should not be way higher than Tyrese Halliburton. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, just, if you're the best player on your team, you should probably be above anybody who's not, like, the best player on their team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, 
that's how I feel about that. Uh, on to the next award, which is the uh, Wilt Chamberlain Trophy, the Rookie of the Year. And this is actually negative odds we have here at the, at the top. Um, so it, he, he, that which means you know it's more likely to be him than the re- than the field. No, if if you spend ten dollars, you won't get ten dollars over ten dollars back. It's not one to one. It's like what's his odds? Uh, minus one forty five. Oh, so of course it's not a nice number. Yeah. Um, six ninety. So that's anyway, how much you would win. You would win six ninety, so your ten dollars would turn into sixteen ninety. But that not a valid important detail. Yeah. Um, the this is disrespectful to have him as negative odds. Wemby is going to get third place in rookie of the year voting. Are you saying that should be like the the odds? Like no, th- this is what I feel. The odds definitely should be Wemby. Okay. I say Chet. I get why people say Scoot and then Chet. I get that. That should be the order. But Chet is the Chet is second. I don't know if he you is have second. The, okay, yeah. good, mm-hmm. sweet, awesome. After, that happened after the Thunder preseason Thunder and Spurs game. Oh, right after that game is when Chet became second a lot of places. I think that people are going to sleep on the value a year of just being a part of an NBA team has, even if you're not like. Doing the on the court stuff because you can't physically. Yeah, but I am I am I all agree. in on the Chet Holmgren uh, winner of the Wilt Chamberlain Award, mm-hmm. and Scoot second, and Wemby does gets third. <laughs> yeah, and then so yes, Chet is plus three eighty, Scoot is plus five hundred, and then it drops off a absolute which, cliff. I think is correct. Yeah. To Brandon Miller at fourth, uh, which is a plus 4,200. And then Amen Thompson is plus 5,000. Cam Whitmore, for some reason, is seventh, or whatever this number is, sixth uh, at plus 5,000, tied with Amen Thompson. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get that either. Um, um, and then Keontae George is plus 6,000. Bilal Koulibaly is plus seven uh, 7,500. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, Asar Thompson, for some reason, is a lot lower that much than lower? A, nun, a men. Oh, situation. I kind of get it a little bit. but Yeah. Um, and then Sasha Vizenkov is probably the last guy I'll mention at plus 7,500. Uh, oh, actually, Julian Strother, is da- he's quite a bit lower. I scrolled down to find him, but he's uh, plus 11,000. I think that he will be a... Uh, if there was an award for most value added by a rookie, like in terms of like for their team, did they do their job, like, their job better than everyone else? Yeah. That could be Julian's like for sure. Julian's mm-hmm. the way do I honestly, the uh, why I feel so good about this nugget season is because <laughs> I honestly feel like all three of the rookies, I don't think all three of them will play because there's just not enough spots for them. But if any of the three of them had to like be in the rotation, I feel good about like them have like popping off and playing really well. Well, I think it's because they did the smart thing and they didn't get young guys. They went and got guys that really were old. in college for four, three years, three, four years, or maybe even five. Some of them, I'm not positive. Hundred Tyson like, was a fifth year. Yeah, yeah. Calvin Booth was like, okay, we have a team. We just need to supplement. We don't need to add. Just. That's the same thing, but like we don't need to give ourselves starter minutes 
Mm -hmm. for a developmental player because we have a core that can win a lot in the next four years if we just give like just supplemental band-aid type of pieces. So they just went out and found three of them with the headlining, I think probably being Julian Strother being like a guy that they could just be like, go play. And that shifted, (laughs) that shifted around a lot. So like, on draft night, the the one that a lot of people were excited about was, I mean, everybody had their own own favorite, but Hunter Tyson was like the least relevant out, out of the three. It was mainly Jalen Pickett and Julian Strother. And then mm-hmm. in the summer league, Hunter Tyson was balling, and <laughs> like no, and the other guys was like were like fine. Julian Strother yeah. shot like not well at all in summer league, um, and that was like his main thing coming in was he was going to be a shooter. Um, so everybody was really excited about Hunter Tyson. And then we get to the preseason. Hunter Tyson hasn't played much. And even when he did, he didn't shoot very well. And Julian Strother has been on absolute fire and has not stopped. Like, it's been crazy. See, I've always liked Julian's as a person outside looking in what the Nuggets, like, do. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that just makes sense. Yeah. Just what Julian Strother will go do. It's just like. Yeah. I mean, they're all shooters, oh, but a, he has, like, deep range. No, but, like, you're just going to randomly throw one guy on the court with Jokic. Um, the guy that can hit it from mid court if he's open enough. Yeah, and like, he even, can handle the ball a little bit. He, he can play two man game with Jokic really easily. And that's yeah, like and it's it's again not the guy that's like replacing Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. He's just there when Jamal Murray is tired or yeah. is taking a game off. Think of when him you're taking a game off as a starter for another NBA team. You're doing something correct. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Calvin Booth. Think of him more like uh, Kevin Herter. I feel like Julian Strother is similar to a Kevin Herter who can handle a bit, be like a secondary ball handler, um, but has deep range, can shoot. I think Strother has even deeper range than Kevin Herter, I'm going to say. And then also Julian Strother has the one of the best floater games I've ever seen outside of Jokic. But And then put him on the court with the greatest floor, floor raiser in the history of the NBA. And I feel like, yeah, that's a guy that will give you a lot of value. Yeah. And but pre- will not be a rookie of the year candidate at all. Yeah, probably not. But in the preseason, he's been – I don't know how much this means because it's preseason, but he's been guarding pretty well too. That was the biggest question mark with him is it will he hold up on the defensive end of the NBA? And he's looked well, pretty good Coach so far. Michael. Coach Michael Malone will yeah. bully people into playing defense. And he's got good size. Uh, he's 6'7". So, uh, yeah, I'm liking that. But my pick for r- rookie of the year is going to – I, I – my take on it is I feel like Chet is the third most likely because he's just a lot farther down in the pecking order. Like there's a He's re- not the guy. Yeah. Like and the realistically, I'm not saying this is the most likely outcome, but it's definitely would not surprise me at all for him to be the fourth guy behind Yeah. behind uh Shea, Giddy and Jalen Williams. Yeah. You know, so if that, ha- but like the thing is, I feel like Chet, he's already talked about this. Uh, I think he was talking to Kevin O'Connor, maybe somebody from the ringer. He, he uh, had an interview with him. I think it was Waz actually, Waz Lambre. But um, he said that he would, Chet is excited about just completely buying into his role this year. Like he's not looking to be a rookie who gets handed the keys to the offense or, or whatever. Like he's just going to go out there and fill whatever role uh, Mark Dagnall has for him. Um which is going to be fun to see, you know, so he could, he could be pretty high up there if, if the voters are really bought into like the, you know, different type of rookie rule, like that doesn't usually get uh, the rookie of the year, but. If, um, I just like, 
let's say that all of the Thunder's numbers look similar to what they did last year, but then they like are shocking people and they're a two or a three seed, it will be the X factor of Chet Holmgren and he will get I'm confident. Yeah. I'm really high on OKC if you can't tell. Yeah. Really high on him. Mm-hmm. Um and it, just the fact that they had a good team and then they were just bad enough to be like, let's get the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not just for fun, but uh yeah, it's wor- it, it just I think is gonna work out for them probably. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would be shocked if they are not competing in deep playoff runs as early as next year. Maybe this year. But yeah. We could see it happen. I, I wouldn't be super surprised, but um Yeah. Yeah. Well let's see him get there first, get into the postseason before we go too crazy with it. But That's true. Um yeah, I'll probably lean Victor Winbanyama though as number one. Scoot at number two. Brandon Miller, it may like if he I could see him having a really good year. Um not with Lamelo back. I don't think he will be enough of a He'll be in the same situation as Chet, except the team will be way worse. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Miller could be the second option, though. I'm not saying that he will be, but he could be. Um, and especially if, like, LaMelo misses a lot of games or something, Brandon Miller has a bigger spotlight. I'm just trying to make the, the case that I don't feel like is a good case, but it could be, you know. Yeah. Uh, Amen Thompson, I don't feel like will happen either. Similar thing because there's just a lot of young guys on the Rockets that, that need to take shots. Yeah. One less, though. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, so that will be it for the Wilt Chamberlain Award. I picked Victor, and you picked Chet. And then the Defensive Player of the Year, the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has the best odds. Uh, Evan Mobley is in second. Uh, JJJ is plus 500, by the way. Mobley is plus 700. AD is plus 850. Giannis Antetokounmpo is plus 850. And then it drops off a little bit to Bam out of bio at plus 12,000 or 1,200, I, sh- I should say. That 12,000 would be nuts. Uh, Victor Wenbanyama at plus 1,200 as well. And then drops off again to Gobert plus 2,000. Brooke Lopez plus 2,000. Um, and last name I'll say is Walker Kessler at plus 2,200. I like the shout-out for Walker Kessler. I think AD is a guy, not to win. Like, I, I think that the odds are correctly in the order in places they should be. But if a, AD being like, I'm done being this guy that they think and takes games off, and I feel like AD could be like – his defense will be the first place that him taking like everything seriously will show first. Yeah, and the Lakers finally have the personnel around him again, I think, to be the best defense in the league. They definitely could be. And that is a big part of the person winning the award, honestly. Yep. Being, like, optically considered the best defender on the best defense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is, like, a huge part of it. Yeah. Unless you're Rudy Gobert, then it's just, like, you are a menace and the rest of your team doesn't help you. Yeah, but even then, those years he was winning, it was he was getting top five defenses. Like they, they were those because yeah, of it, but solely because, because of, him. of him. That and he's a walk. Yeah. He still hasn't yet to not be a part of a top ten defense in his career. He's a walking top ten defense by himself, which is awesome. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> 
Yeah. Especially just looking at the rosters he's been a part of, what the re- what the rest of the players were. Yeah, so AD, I feel like, honestly, might be a really good odds here. It's just like the, the him being healthy factor is the only thing. Like if he, if you were if we're getting sixty five games out of AD, you know that w- awards cutoff, then I feel like he should probably be the favorite in my in my eyes. That's true. That's a fair a fair way to look at it. Um, I don't like Wemby being that high. Oh, why? He, he, he has might, like he might the, be he might be the best defensive player in the league year one. I, I he could know, be. but I just feel like that's the one place that guys like are slow. Even if you have all the physical things, the one thing that like guys have to adapt to in the NBA is like on the def- You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but we. He's but maybe seven, that's not when, he's seven yeah. four, and he has his reach is like wingspan. twelve foot tall. And but whatever he, it is when he reaches, isn't it like twelve foot or twelve seven or something gross? Yeah, I don't even know that. But he, yeah, he has an eight foot wingspan. That is something I do know, and he can block three point shots like in yeah. the corner with having his foot in the paint. I'm stupid. And, like he, it's now just, that I think about it, yeah. he just uh, he's very intuitive defensively. He's like Giannis, but just way bigger, <laughs> way longer, I should say. Um. But like, yeah. I think I think if teams abuse him in the post by like backing him down, like if Bullying Embiid, him. if Embiid bullies him, if even like Jonas Valanciunas bullies him, um, if that kind of stuff happens, then I feel like that will probably hurt his odds for an award like this. Uh, but I feel like he's not a bad, like lower, like a sleeper pick. You know what I mean? He shouldn't be like the favorite for sure, but being whatever he is, uh, sixth. I don't think is that bad, but yeah. So Nick Claxton, honestly, I feel like is a guy that could be higher to be honest, because the Nets could have a really good defense with all those wings. That's true. But will it be like, he won't be a definitive best player on the defense. I feel like, like McCall Bridges he, get too much of the like hype. You know what I mean? He could, but I feel like Nick Claxton is just, he, he's, he will, he'll be the more effective, more impactful. Yes, but we Overall. just have to remember that the people for vote for this stuff, I don't think, watch basketball. <laughs> but, I mean, there was a solid few decades in a row where it was all bigs. Like, I feel like... That's the, true. You know, people kind of... that that It's been a more recent trend that some people have been, like, throwing some love out to the guards and wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we'll see that continue. And It's just with Mikal Bridges being, like, the focal point of their offense, I just don't think he's going to be as like locked in and defending the absolute best player on the other team every night as much as he used to in Phoenix. Cause that was mm-hmm. his only job in Phoenix was to go out there and be a defensive wing. But yeah. Nick Claxton is just very switchable. He's going to be one of the best rim protectors in the league. So I think he could be a pretty good sleeper pick as well. He's at plus 2,500. So yeah, my pick though, I'm, I'm going with Anthony Davis, I guess. I feel pr- my, my my two that I'm thinking about is Anthony Davis or Evan Mobley. To be honest, I'll go AD if you go Evan Mobley. So both are represented. Okay, and I'll you're go way Mobley. higher than Evan Mobley than I am. Yeah, I'll go Mobley. You got him on our in the fantasy league though. Did I you? did. I yeah. did. I picked him and Giddy up. I think back to back picks. Oh, for all those listening, I had the first overall pick. Didn't take Jokic. <laughs> Jason Tatum, baby. Mm-hmm. 
And your team name? Is the 2024 Kia MVP, Jason Tatum. Yeah. So. Is it still Kia? Yeah, it's Kia. I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. The 2024 recipient of the Kia Michael Jordan trophy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like they've already gone away from. Like, they don't even say that. Like, yeah. They, it's kind of annoying that they. Hockey's the only one that, like, because it's just always been that. And I just think that it's yeah. so ingrained that there's, like, almost no way to get people to go, like, oh, it's the Jordan trophy. Yeah, but the, I don't, it doesn't even seem like the NBA tried. They just kind of, like, unveiled the trophies and were like, hey, look, they have names now. And then when, like, all of, like, the ladders on NBA, it doesn't say anything about the Jordan trophy. It just is, like, MVP. MVP. Yeah. So, uh, they sh- honestly, they should try to make it more of a thing. But, yeah, the next thing uh, to look at, though, is, uh, I guess, the most improved player, which would be the George Mikan trophy. Um, these are all based off memory. I'm pretty sure he's the George. It's the George Mikan Trophy. Uh, but number one odds is Mikal Bridges. I I don't think that he's bad for like being a candidate, but being number one. I, yeah, I think that's wild. Yeah, I I like Cade Cunningham being here. He's fourth. Yeah, because it's like a little bit of both. It's yeah. like a, a, a sprinkle of comeback, a sprinkle of. Or does the NBA do a comeback? No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. They don't. NFL mm. does a comeback player of the year, but it's like Cade Cunningham has a little bit of both. So his like improvements will be like hecka dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is he second odds? He's fourth. Fourth? Who's second? Tyrese Maxey, which I don't hate. I also don't hate because with the void of James Harden eventually mm-hmm. being gone. Who's third? Jordan Poole. Also don't hate because of a similar thing, but there's no void he's filling. He just went to a place that is, I guess there is a void. It's called yeah. Bradley Beal being yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, I also got him in fantasy because I'm like, he's just going to be a fantasy animal. If he like has a, 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 Pool? a semblance of an efficient season, he'll be a, fa- a fantasy animal. Efficient's the wrong word. I Pool think or that Beal? Pool, okay. not Beal. Mm. I have pool in my fantasy team. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, the nobody's really the favorite. I mean, Mikhail Bridges is number one, but he's plus 1,000. Maxi's plus 1,100. Jordan Poole is plus 1,200. That's wild how big their number They have no idea. Yeah. Kid Cunningham's <laughs> plus 1,500. Anthony Simons is plus 1,700, which makes sense. Yeah. Scotty Barnes is not bad. Austin Reeves, uh, yeah, another one that's like, he already did it. He already came, you know, like if we've already seen it happen, it just feels a little cheating to be like, oh, if he does what he just already did just For this whole next season, then he's the most games. It was 24 games those playoffs probably. Yeah, basically ever since the trade death, ever since Russ left is when Austin Reeves became Austin Reeves, you know, what, yeah. what we know him what as now. What we see him as, yeah. And then Evan Mobley is here. Franz Wagner is not a bad one. Josh Giddy. Um, Desmond Bain makes sense to me, honestly. With the 25 games without jaw. Yeah. Like, stepping up and then continuing to look pretty solid. I just feel like it's going to be Cade. Like, Cade's a great one at yeah, the top. Yeah, I, I agree. Cade is um, who I w- I gravitated to right away. I also don't hate Jordan Poole, but I, or those guys that are, like, going into a place where there's a void. But we've already seen McCall Bridges do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Same amount of time we saw Austin Reeves do it, so it's already been done. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Cade with mine. Yeah. I think it's who I, I, I like to uh, win the award. DeAndre Ayton is really low. I thought he should be higher. 
which is another guy that is a void situation. Yeah, he's ready to dominate in the uh, competition. <laughs> I I love that name. I know that you don't, but uh, I love that he's just committed to domination. I dominating. Just, I wouldn't mind if it, if somebody else said it. If somebody else had that name, like it's just a, the person who it's attached to. Somebody who's like very clearly because of his own like things has not dominated in his career. You know what I mean? But what about being Dylan the villain? What does that even mean? Dylan Brooks self-proclaimed himself Dylan the villain. Yeah, we've we talked, talked about, about this. this. But what are you? It's, what is your point? Is it the same energy to you? Same idea? Kind of. L- I mean, okay. Dylan, Dylan is more like he's just leaning into being the like, bad guy. Ba- bad guy, but also just like the guy that nobody wants. I don't know. Every, nobody likes, I guess, which is kind of the same <laughs> thing. But DeAndre Ayton, I think, is just not self-aware at all. You know, that's that's what I don't like about it. Like, it's not self-awareness to to do to get that tatted, especially just in the font that he did. Just on his, it just looks like something that he. So Shaq having the Superman tattoos tacky. Shaq doing anything <laughs> is hilarious because he's self-aware. You know what I mean? Like he knows it's a joke. DeAndre like, Ayton is like. It looks. He, I guarantee you. I don't think Shaq I guarantee was a you, joke when he got DeAndre, the Superman tattoo. But anyway, there's always some irony to something to something that Shaq does. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton, I guarantee you, he thinks that is hard. He thinks that tattoo <laughs> is like the coolest thing ever. And that's like, fine. You got to be confident in yourself. But at that kind of, uh, he just doesn't understand that. Why? Like, why does he? He is built like David Robinson, but he doesn't dunk the ball. Why does he never dunk the basketball? Okay, I'm going to keep it a buck. I haven't seen the font that he got the tattoo across his back. It's like crazy. You can't even read it. Yeah. It kind of also, it's like weirdly raised. Are you sure it's a tattoo? Did he get branded? I don't like, because like sometimes people do that. I guess I don't know. It's 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 I don't think it is because I've always heard to refer to a tattoo, not just you, but if you look at it, it's like crazy raised it's, from his skin. Well, yeah, because it means a tattoo starts off as a scar, you know. Yeah, but I think that's probably <laughs> just it's because it's that was like right after it. it like was they like put took the picture in the seat. Yeah, is why it looks raised, but it it just looks like it was carved in like a. It's carved in a prison wall type thing. Or I was going like to say it looks like some really crappy text. metal band. I, I said corn. And then you went a really crappy metal band. Oh. Yeah, it's not really like corns. Um, maybe a little bit, but. Just with like extra lines. Yeah. It feels like you would see the word scarecrow written in that font. Yeah. <laughs> or just, yeah, just some really weird. I guarantee sorry going back this is more just us talking in the podcast I guarantee he thinks that's hard (laughs) I do honestly that's a great liner Um, what do we got next we did George Mikan what else do we have coach Um, we have am I blanking on one because I'm a silly goose we both picked K for most approved Okay, that's fair. I was we, gonna zag again just so we have different ones, but I'm not going to. Yeah, because I think Cade's the right answer. I'll go. So just so we have different ones. No, I'll, I'll keep Cade. Also, I just feel the best about Cade. Tyrese Maxey yeah. would be my second one, though. That was gonna be the other guy I'd pick. Yeah. Him or Pool, because people like big numbers, mm-hmm. and I think Pool could like legitimately average like 
30 a game, but it'll just be on a terrible team. Yeah. And also, I'm not even really thinking about who people would vote for for these. I'm more thinking about like who at the end of the year, who do I think would deserve the award? Oh, okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Then for sure, Jason Tatum for MVP for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next award is the Clutch Player of the Year. Dame is odds-on favorite for that, plus 1,000. I don't know why Fox is so low. He should. I feel like he should be pretty high. He just won it pretty handedly last year. SGA is tied with Dame at number one. Luca is in is in third. Uh, Fox is fourth. Ant Edwards is fifth. Jokic is sixth. Embiid is seventh. What? He doesn't yeah. play in games where they're close. I'm confused. Um, <laughs> Donovan I'm Mitchell. Gonna, yeah, I, I. After you said Ant, I was sold. Oh, really? At fifth? So he's plus 1,500. I just like Ant to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just like Ant. I'm, I'm all in. Ant for Clutch Player of the Year, which is a stupid award. I kind of like it. It's just it's a new one. I don't think that it should – it's not on the same level, but I feel like an award for Defensive Player of the Year and Clutch Player of the Year being in like the same thing is weird to me. What do you mean the same thing? I feel like they're just like the same level. Obviously, MVP's up here, and then you've got like the other awards. Oh. I feel like Clutch Player of the Year being in the same conversation as those is weird to me. So wouldn't you already feel that way about like Six Man of the Year? Six Man's like a valuable like role thing. Yeah, but it's not Defensive Player of the Year. I feel like that's a clear gap. And Clutch is more important than Six Man of the Year. I do not think so. What? Somebody who's who's controlling Not game? every game has clutch moments. But it is very value it's extremely valuable to have the guy who is the best in the clutch in the league. How is that but not I also a feel thing like the guy that is the best in the clutch in the league is like a very subjective thing. Because like it'd be Jokic who every perf- time who because- performs the best in- yeah, I mean every all of these things are subjective. It's not any more so than like uh, all these no, other no, no, awards. No. It is they are at the whims of their team being in moments that are close. What does that mean? Like, if a team is just better than everyone else, if you're on a very, very good team that doesn't squeak out wins, you're not in moments like, oh, that was clutch, even if you're just, like, continually to bury someone. Why are you acting like it's only total points matters? I feel like... It, I just bring up points, just in general. Not, not, not points, but I mean, like, you're acting like it just... Be, like, the more games you have that are close, the... Like that is like somehow people like, in their brain would like associate you more with clutch moments. I'm sure that would help, but I just don't think that it's going to be like that. Like it's not going to disqualify somebody if like Fox, like the Kings are just in a bunch of clutch games and then uh, the Nuggets aren't in as near as many, like they're in half as many, but Jokic was just like insane, like his averages in, in clutch time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's still a really good case to be made for Jokic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's not, I just don't I'll, get how it's way more important than sixth man of the year. Because it's the person who's who's controlling the game, done, winning his team games in the in the crunch, like in clutch, like in the most important moments of a game. Yeah. So why why is that not more valuable than the sixth best player on your team, or you know the the guy who comes off the bench on your team? The guy that comes off the bench and like. In my brain, it's more like the guy that runs the second unit and keeps things moving through the game. Every game. And so that's more important 
than having a guy who in, a in close realm. games. Not ha- more, but there's in a no similar way. Realm. Are you smoking something? Are you are you on crazy pills? This I feel like this is the most insane thing I've ever heard you say. That's not ha- even close to true. But how is how is the sixth man of the year on the same level as the a person the player who is winning his team I think games. the thing that gets me more is the clutch thing feels so much more abstract than six. Maybe that's what I'm struggling. It's to just like. about who's performing the best in like the last five minutes of a game of a game that is that's close, close under yes. five points of difference in, in yeah, score. I, so I think it's just more that it's like this more abstract con- concept than you are the best guy that comes off the bench. You're but not the, a starter. Here's a, like a high There is a hard line, though, for what is clutch time, and that is in the final five minutes and within well, that's a five what it's points. Like labeled as? Yeah, that's like a objective line for – like that's a thing that you can – there's clutch time stats or crunch time stats or whatever it's called. Um, okay, so that's let's say there's a weird, it. crazy world where – we'll just use Jokic as an example because I feel like he's a guy that – is in this realm. Like I've, we've seen him hit game winners. We've seen him do crazy things. Yeah. Let's say the Nuggets are so crazy, they're in zero of those games somehow. Okay. Yeah. Should he just be disqualified from this thing then? Probably. Because his team was just better enough. Yeah. So you see how that's like way less of, of an issue than in disqualifying, disqualifying every single starter on a team? For an award, you get what I mean. Like it's like no, I, I do somebody like just the very few guys that are like. I just think they're on the same level in terms of awards. So would you put uh, Clutch on the same level as Defensive Player of the Year? Around that level, yeah. I'd probably put it a little bit below Defensive Player of the Year. I can okay. But cl- agree it's to close. disagree, but as long as it's below Defensive Player of the Year, because that's like a I've, game in and game out every game type of thing in my. Right. Yeah, that's kind of why I lean that way too. Um, but there's not many – like that's probably the only two – that and MVP are the only two awards that I think are more important of of like the individual awards, you know, not talk, not counting I, all NBA. I can't tell if it's like new or – I don't – I just it just feels weird to me. It feels like a made-up throwaway thing. I understand that having someone that has ice in their veins yeah. is like it, just a murderer is an insanely important thing to do. Mm-hmm. I like. I'm fully aware of, and maybe it's because it's a new award, 2019, something like that. It, it, last year was the first year they did it. Fox is oh. the first ever winner of the Jerry the West Trophy. Yeah. Why is it? Is was Jerry West just a murder and like Mr. Crunch Clutch. time? Yeah, it's his nickname. Well, people have. I guess that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why he got that nickname. Westbrook is not Mr. Triple Double, or is he? And I'm just crazy. That might be a nickname of his on basketball reference. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But he's also way later in the history of the sport of basketball. Oh, he is? Yeah, literally Mr. Triple Double is a nickname. Well, you'd, I'd hope so because that is like what he does better than anybody else ever. So what did you mean when you said you, he's not Mr. Triple Double? Oh, I just didn't know because I'd never heard anybody say it before. Oh. I just yeah. was like asking a genuine question. Or yeah. Anything. I just I, – I don't know why my brain can't like – can't because I get that having a clutch person is important because I've watched a lot of basketball teams that didn't have that guy. Yeah. And that it, had like this weird, not hot potato on who's going to take the shot, but it was like the one guy that was like, it's me was not the one that we wanted to be doing it. Yeah. The Celtics were one of the worst teams a few years ago at 
in crunch time games. They lost yeah. close, every close game they were in, basically. Because it's before, it was like before Jason Tatum like walked onto a court and was like, I'm better than everyone else here. Yeah. He still had that weird, like, oh my goodness, I'm playing a game with And so Kevin you, you think that Ma- what Malcolm Brogdon did for you last year is more important to your team than, than J- what Jason Tatum developed into getting that like aspect of his game? You know what I mean? Like, how is that even comparable? I guess that makes sense. Like, I just didn't have like a concrete thing to connect it to. Yeah. Because it just seems like... Also, I think it's just the word clutch. That seems like such a non-award word. Like non... You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, non-professional, non It just seems like like a... Like, they don't... I guess they do call them pancake blocks. But like, it just feels like a a weird... Not And that I just can't... Yeah. The the more and more like it gets explained, I get it. Mm -hmm. But my brain just could not fat... Like, it just doesn't seem like a real war. Yeah. I get you. It makes sense, but yeah, I, I still, I still think it's like, in terms of an award, it just seems like such a weird thing, because <laughs> there's just some guys that are in that situation all the time. Because it'd be Damian Lillard every year. Yeah, but the th- like, I don't know. The, you know what I mean? You, yeah, like, I get what you're in, saying. In essence, to find the clutchest player that doesn't change year to year, the dude that's the most like, if this award existed during the '90s, it's just Michael Jordan always. Except yeah, but, for when he's not playing basketball. Know, to me, I feel like it's not that crazy to think about, okay, like the candidates for this year will be like a guy that, you know, all year long we just saw them continue continually put in crunch time scenarios and they just would continue to pull their teams out of those uh, spots. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's narrowing the parameters to make more specific. But the thing is, like the award you brought up, or I think I brought it up actually, but six man of the year is like – the main example of, of, of an award doing that exact thing, narrowing the parameters in like a way worse way. It's like, it's like who is the best guy of all the guys who don't start? You, well, you know I what I mean? Yeah, but it's like a – not a teammate award. It's just like a sixth man is like a valuable thing because it's like there's teams out there that the sixth man is like what carries the next – carries you through stretches of games the same way some guys carry you through crunch time. Obviously, when second units are in, that is not the same level of importance to winning a basketball game as crunch times. But like, yeah. if you have a terrible lull where your team can't do anything yeah, and, and your starters just have to rest and then go fix it. The Nuggets. Yep. It's just a problem. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having a guy like what I think Chris Paul is going to be whenever we get to sixth man of the year award <laughs> um, that just runs your second unit and makes that like a not drop off from the moon is also their awards. None of them are not valuable at all. Yeah, I agree. I, like I'm not one of those people who I've heard people that just completely make fun of this, a six man of the year and think it shouldn't be an award. I don't agree with them. I'm just saying if okay. like, if you have a that problem, may, okay. if you have a problem with the clutch player of your award, why do you not have a problem with the six man of the year award is what, is what I was more saying. Yeah, and I think I just – I still can't. I'm still kind of struggling. I'm sure I'll sleep on it and it'll make more sense. It's just – I'm almost positive it's just the word clutch that's just messing with my head. Yeah, I get. I kind of get that. I feel like – but I, I was just aware of, of – like a few years ago, I feel like I was uh, – when I first became aware of clutch time stats, like clutch stats. Um, that's like a, a real like official number that they track keep track thing. of. Yeah, and they, they'll pop up on the screen when you're watching games. Ever since I became more used to seeing that, it's like an official – like legal, legalized thing, like with a cutoff on what defines it, you know? 
so it makes sense like as a concept it's not just like this idea it's more of like a actual thing thing. it's like an actual thing yeah so i but with all that being said i i'm leaning either dame or sga your pick was ant right yeah i'm gonna stick with ant even though i don't really yeah i get ant i'm going ant yeah i also would love to pick Jokic here and like to be honest if we're going like purely you know removing the parameters of how you know the what defines clutch um, I feel like Jokic is just in a vacuum who I who I would want in a clutch time scenario. Number one pick in the league, but you know that's it's similar argument to be made with MVP. That's just not how MVP turns out every year. Um, it's not the it's not ever the best player in the league. It's like it's not always at least. Yeah, not always. You ninety six percent of the time it is, but there's years where it's not just the guy that's the best. Mm-hmm. I think Finals MVP is the maybe not Finals. NFL Super Bowl MVP is almost always the wrong answer. They almost always get it wrong. It should always, like, Patrick Mahomes won his first Super Bowl, got Super Bowl MVP. It should have been Damian Williams as running back. Yeah, I remember that, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. James White should have got it when the Patriots came back 28-3 to against the uh, Falcons. And not Tom Brady. It should have been the running back and not Tom Brady. Uh, I would argue the Rams Super Bowl with the Patriots, it could have been Gronk. Or it should not have been Brady and it ended up being Edelman, I think. So there's just like a couple like – and I'm, I can't think of NBA examples like I can football examples off the top of my head. But um, Tony Parker MVP, over Tim Duncan, Iggy over Steph or LeBron. Um, but those are examples where like the guy that did like the thing that was the most valuable, like it actually like made a little bit of sense. Tony Parker I don't think made any sense. It was just like Tim. The only reason for it was like Tim Duncan didn't have as good of a series as he did usually, usually does, or like a good one for Boston. Cedric Maxwell over Larry Bird in '81, like that should not have happened. Um, but the Iggy uh, Golden State one, because it's before Steph was like a nuclear warhead, that happened like the next year. No, that was his first MVP year. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was. Wasn't it two K seventeen though, where you just couldn't use Steph and like my part because it wasn't fun or is it probably but that was right after his his even better year the the unanimous mvp year 2016 i just think what iggy did defensively for lebron was like that made sense that like they gave it to i someone else it makes some sense but i it shouldn't it should have been steph or lebron over iggy i think like even lebron in a losing situation yeah should have had it over i mean are you like the just think about what iggy's case was i was good at covering lebron like what? Some, yeah, 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 I was good, like dealing with the ball. Well, good in in sense of holding him to like forty points a game, something insane. Yeah, like isn't that more of a case for LeBron than it is Iggy <laughs> that he had yeah, to be? I also think losers getting MVP should is a weird deal. Yeah, it's only ever happened once, but if if it happened in the NBA, yeah, the very first year ever of the award oh. was Jerry West got it. On the losing team. It's only happened once in the NFL, too. Also, I think maybe not the only time a defensive player got it. Um, oh, yeah. You've said this before on the podcast. I'm sure I have. Yeah. I only have football knowledge Cowboys in my basketball. Player, yep. right? uh, it's not Bob Lilly. Gosh dang it. That, dude, that was literally the name you said the last episode, too. And you were like, it's not him. It's not Bob Lilly. <laughs> and I think you, it might have actually been him. Or I don't remember now. Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. Yep. Okay. That sounds familiar again. Dang it. Nice. Yeah. Well, we just well, went, we're reliving moments now. Um, 
but yeah, so I'll I'll go with SGA uh, just to find to, so we can move on to another award finally. Um, and you have uh, Anthony Edwards for Clutch Player of the Year. Next one, NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, highest odds is Emmanuel Quickly at plus nine hundred, tied with Norm Powell. Um, Leek Monk is third at plus twelve hundred. Brogdon, for some reason, who? Why do we know that Brogdon's not going to be starting, and what team he's even going to be playing for? I, I don't like that one either. Yeah. Other than he's like he just does it all the time. Like he's, he's like ever, he, only ever once. Last year was the first time he's ever not been a starter. What? My brain broke. What? Who am I thinking of then? Uh, besides Malcolm Brogdon? But, Jordan Clarkson? I don't know what wires in my brain crossed. We can just ignore that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, last year uh, made sense, but it's just this year we don't know no, where like he's going to be. There's too many questions about like what he's going to be doing Yeah, to give him that high of odds. Because mm-hmm. like, if he's on a bad team... Probably won't win sixth man of the year. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know he why. Because won't this... be a sixth man. <laughs> or he, even if he is, if, if they win 25 games, I don't know why he would be a candidate. And then Chris Paul makes sense, but he's fifth. He should probably be a little bit higher. Drew Holiday, for some reason, is this high. I don't know why it's assumed that he's going to be the sixth man for sure. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be crazy surprised. Like I know that's in the cards um, because – if you think about it on a like strategic level, it makes sense for Derek White to be in the starting lineup because Drew Holiday has more of the scoring, like on-ball juice, you know, to use in the second unit. But the thing is, Drew Holiday is just a way higher caliber or way higher, like you know, notable, noteworthy player that is like uh, expected to start. So I don't know if he's going to be like, you know, completely and fully willing to do that. So we'll see, but. With uh, Derek White, though, I think he's a pretty good candidate, but he's quite a bit lower, honestly. He's plus 2,300. Buddy Heald is also plus 2,300, who apparently is not happy about being the sixth man. Bobby Portis <laughs> is plus 2,300. One of those guys I that like that one. He loves being the sixth man. Um, he's definitely embraced that. Caleb Martin, plus 2,500. Yeah, he will be. Never mind. He might be. I, I have no idea what the Heat's rotation will be. I was just trying to be. think, like, will he even be the sixth man, like, consistently? But He might be. Probably. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is probably going to be the sixth man. That just makes the most sense with who they have in their backcourt in Atlanta. Christian Wood, Karis LeVert, Gary Trent. Yeah, I think that's enough to say. Christian Brown is down here. Um, that is a compelling one. Because that'll be a good sixth man on a very good team. Yeah, and he also he's like the definitive sixth man too. Oh, it's not team. a question. Mm-hmm. He will be the first guy off the bench unless, unless like Reggie Jackson someone... has a resurgence or something. Like he, no, I was gonna say, or if they like Jamal, like I'm knocking on wood. Uh, Something uh, like his yeah. his knee his knee feels off or something, and so they're like, okay, let's have. Felton, not Felton. Wow, my brain is broken at the moment. Raymond Felton. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why Raymond Felton was on the brain. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Reggie Jackson, uh, if he, like they're like, okay, let's give you know what I mean? Because like that that would be the guy off the bench for Jamal. So Reggie Jackson would start then, you're saying? No, like if they're like putting him on point like number limits or something, like having him play less minutes a night or something weird like that. I don't oh, know. Oh, so Reggie Jackson Just, would be a good 
candidate. Like if it it would yes, it just would be a needs thing. Okay, but I it it won't be that. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Christian Brown, and I think that that is a sneaky one because I think you'll have pretty good numbers. Just if you if you take Bruce Brown from last year and just pretend that he only was the sixth man, they're that's I think an award winner. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. For sure. And I think that, that that's what we could see Christian Brown do mm-hmm. we to could. a certain extent. Different, obviously not identical roles, yeah. but I think he'll do a lot of the same things. Close to starter level minutes, for sure. And that's also a big part of the um, award. So Yeah, and Michael Malone has said that uh, on Media Day, he said that he has the top six nailed down, that Christian Brown is the sixth. The only guy – well, so somebody asked him if he had – a bench lineup in mind if he nailed down the bench and he said no he'll have to tweak some things and figure out who will be joining christian brown and the bench lineup like chris brown was the only solid guy like definitive he is going to be Mm -hmm. you've got your starting five and then christian brown and then we'll figure whatever else get yeah so yeah i think he's a pretty good odds bet for plus 4800 it's interesting so but Quickly, I think is a good candidate. I, I'm going to go with um, your your pick's probably going to be Chris Paul, right? I like Chris Paul um, for a lot of the same reasons. I guess I like Christian Brown. It's just like they're going to be on a pretty decent team, and they will be like a huge reason why that second unit works for sure. Yeah, um, Chris Chris Paul to like the amplified pinnacle of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I will have Chris Paul as my pick. Okay. That works. Um, and I feel like any time that, like, there's a lot of, like, NBA writers and people that vote that are like, Chris Paul. I just feel like that that could be another thing is just, like, give Chris Paul an award because yeah, it's Chris Paul. people will be talking about it. He bought into the six-man role and he just deserves it. And yeah. I could just see that being a narrative. I feel like that's probably the best pick. But uh, I am going to take the route of choosing somebody else on this one. And I'm just going to take a shot. I don't even feel good about this one, but I'm just kind of like, I could see it happening, and I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. And I think maybe the Pacers are going to be a really solid team this year, and Buddy Heald uh, accepts his role and plays big minutes off the bench. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Buddy Heald for six men of the year, which is the John Havlicek trophy. Is this is this real? Uh, we have one more award no, here. Sorry. What are you saying? Where, I sorry. just was like kind of scrolling. Yeah. And apparently Pat Riley said that we've never shopped him and had no interest in ever trading the guy. Do you want to guess who he's talking Tyler about? Tyler Hero. Yeah, that's crazy. Because that is just a blatant lie. No, it's not. That they've never shopped Tyler Hero? He get what what did he give as an offer to to the Blazers that was any sort of realistic, like serious something that they could consider? You know what I mean? He never even threw in like Amy Hawkes or like like, so this is so like all of the things were just pretend. All of the other things with Tyler Hero being like bait, those have never been real. Those have always been fake. What are you talking about? Tyler Hero being like in like trade talks. Quotes. Yeah, that happens all the time without teams actually shopping somebody. It's just like a people are like, oh, a star wants to go to Miami or Miami wants to. So Jalen Brown's never been shopped. That's not what I said. No, no, I'm asking. That's me asking. I I don't know. I would say he has been, but 
I don't know for sure. Just because the way that I look at is like Tyler Hero and Jalen Brown have been like in the same exact. But that's different because the the offer that was given to the Nets for KD was like a really solid like it seemed like an offer that kind of made some sense. It was a real offer, and it is what you're. It was a real offer, yeah. Okay, okay, and the, all the Tyler Hero ones were just like, sure, if you take it, you take it. Yeah, I mean they're but both they're both real. actual offers, but like the thing the thing is with the Tyler Hero ones was like, I'm not gonna give you like anything. Like it's not like something that's like realistically. Yeah, it's just it kinda, was a terrible offer to. That's on why purpose. Dame is not a heat. Yes. Yeah. They thought they had the leverage. Well, see, and that's the thing. So was that a real offer? Because they thought they had all the leverage in the world. Dame said he wanted to go there. I, I honestly don't think so. I don't think Pat Riley's that stupid. I think he – it was more of like, I mean, if you're willing to give us a Dame for this amount, I'll take him. But, uh, like, if not, like, I kind of – I'm, I don't, I'm not, interested. not interested. Yeah. Like, because I think he just – he wants to – I think he also kind of wanted to use it as a bit of a – bolstering like to put a chip on Tyler Hero's shoulder a little bit too. I think it could be part of it. why it was so public like immediately that Tyler Hero was the guy that he just Okay. So this is just my confusion on the definition of shopping as opposed to being in trades. Yeah, well, trade can talks. you read the quote again? What did he he said? We had never shopped him and had no interest in ever trading the guy. Yeah. So I I believe I I don't I'm not saying I believe him as in like he there's no way he's wrong. But I don't like feel like he's for sure lying. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like that, well, that could be. And I, true. I think that's just my like. No, he was like in like official trade talks. He was a member of the trade trades. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like publicly released on purpose. This is the package we offered, and Tyler Hero's name was on that package. Meaning, I guess if you think about maybe it like the that, shopping. But like in my brain, that's like yeah, he was like you were. Yeah. In the trade, he was in the realm of trade in your brain. But to me, like every everybody has been saying ever since that the trade offer was made was like the Heat are not taking this seriously. Like they're not even trying to get Dame. You know what I mean? Like they've been they're offering them like something that they like. I was I've been wrong this whole time because in the past I thought when when we first started talking about it, how you used to say that it was like such a under like payment. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I was like, I'm going to have to go back and listen because I feel like I'm being gaslit. Yeah. Because I was like, I thought that you thought the trade was like fine. Yeah. Okay. Not fine, but I thought that it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. But the the only reason I thought that was because in my – I didn't even know apparently until way later, way later that the actual deal that was talked about, Pat Riley would not include any of those other pieces, like any of those – Jovic or or Jovic or Hawkes. It was just like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and like a pick, I think. One like one pick. It was something really insane like insanely insulting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's wild. After I saw that, I was like, oh, this makes way more sense now as why people were making such a big deal about the heat offer. For some reason, I just assumed that I think it was probably just because I assumed the the Heat wanted Dame. And so I was like, what is a heat trade package for so Dame? So you built one that made close to sense. Yeah. In and my then head. that's not what they offered. Not at all. And I just assumed like it's probably that. And like the reason why I kept hearing people say it's not enough is because they're like – the thing they kept bringing up was like what is Tyler Hero to the Blazers? You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, I guess Tyler Hero as the centerpiece of the trade to the Blazers. He's not worth a ton to the Blazers. So I get that. It's not perfect. 
but like it's still a offer that has like these other but the thing is it didn't have any of that other stuff it was literally just tyler hero okay now i'm everything is making more sense now i am no longer lost and confused and feel gaslit (laughs) not anything you were saying but i was like i swore he thought the trade was like not Not that that bad bad. okay yeah that is yeah and and there's another classic uh me just not fully understanding the definition of things because like if you throw guy in trades just to be like sure here's something in my brain that's shopping i guess as opposed shopping is also like the hardcore definition is what do you want for jalen brown nothing what do you want for jalen brown just calling people over and over and over and over again yeah so if that's shopping then i believe that tyler hero has never been that at least we have no Reason to believe he has been. There's I been guess. nothing that's been publicly said or... Yeah. I know mm-hmm. that, like, he's been, like, in the fan realm of, like, get rid of Tyler Hero while the getting's good. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the most he'll ever be worth. Mm-hmm. Why do we still have them? We did this with Duncan Robinson and look how it turned out. <laughs> which I also think is, like, a big reason why people, Heat fans, like, don't want Tyler Hero to stay. They want to go get something different for him is because they, like, feel like they'll be Duncan Robinson again. Where he's getting insane money... To do like almost nothing except for when uh, they're in the playoffs and Duncan Robinson has like the game of his life. Yeah, and now I feel like Duncan Robinson might be back because Struess like is gone. A- and now Robinson has to kind of be their Struess now. Like Struess stole the, the spot from Duncan Robinson because he went in, into a slump. And now last time we've seen Duncan Robinson playing, he was out of the slump and he looked like himself again. Now Struess is gone. That's probably why also they felt comfortable in not re-signing Struess. Yep. To that number. They were like, well, I mean, Duncan Robinson can probably do this pretty well too. So we already have him under contract. So uh, it's just Pat Riley doing his thing of like finding guys that are like, they can just extract value out of NBA players that uh, it's like replacement player, like replacement level players. Like the reason why I think Gabe Vincent probably won't be as near, like nearly as good um for another team as he was for the Heat. Well, same thing that early like Brad Stevens Celtics teams did. Like Kelly Olynyk just went and got paid and then was like fine, but not the Kelly Olynyk that he was on the Celtics. Like yeah. there's some coaches or maybe it's Pat it's well it's not Pat Riley. Pat Riley doesn't coach, but like Eric Sprolster is just a guy that can just do that. Mm-hmm. Just be like, "Oh, you're good at these things. Don't try to do anything else. <laughs> Only do this." Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, so looking at the coach of the year while we're here, do you know who the odds on favorite is for coach of the year? Yes. It's probably Ime or something wild like that. It is not. He is okay. not. I don't even see him on here. Uh, Dagnall. It is Dagnall. Sorry, Dagnall, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I want to make that into a short sometime, but we don't have video for it. So I'll, I'll have to do something creative to make it into a short, but just have, just pay an animator to just draw what they think we look like. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, I thought voices. about that or, if, or just like the waveform of it or something. I don't know what I'll do, but that has to be a short <laughs> at some point. Uh, but yeah, dig for those that don't know what he's talking about. Um, I, I don't really have a defense. I just thought Dagnall was Dagglenut for, for and you were like really confident about it too. You were <laughs> it like was probably for, good like half of the season yeah i mean i only heard you say it once but like 
it's just funny if you listen back to that episode i was like in the middle of saying something and then you you like mentioned you were rattling off names and you were like daigle nut and then i and i just like stopped and i was like I, th- I didn't say anything for a second and then you just start going off on something else and you're talking and then i like butt in after after you're done talking and i'm like J- yeah just a second uh say coach mark's name again and then yeah and you were like it's daigle nut right <laughs> like you were like so like that's i feel it seems like you thought clearly, you heard that before or something if you if you use english and read his name the end is n-a-u-l-t no world is that yeah. nut <laughs> yeah it is yeah. definitely Dagnolt. Uh-huh. But in my defense, I didn't add letters. I just shuffled them around. Yeah, yeah. You moved the L to like halfway across the word. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the L and the A just took a trip to the end of Dag. Yeah. Dagelnut. <laughs> Dagnolt. It is Mark Dagnolt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which feels wrong to say it that way, honestly. But Really? Just it does get- a little bit. Because my brain is permanently engraved with Dagelnut. Well, no, and I like if it wasn't a, a name that sounded like it was supposed to be like a derogatory thing, you know what I mean? Like I feel like it's not like a oh what a nice nickname they have for Mark Dagnall. You know what I mean? Like, are you saying Dagelnut is derogatory? Not derogatory. I just feel like okay. it doesn't sound like a nice. Yeah, nickname. no, I agree. Yeah, I don't think it's that not is like a K- nobody calls well, him not- that. Does do they? <laughs> nobody calls him that because I'm the only idiot. That <laughs> but like, anyway, um. That's it. That that's all. I'll stop. Yeah, but anyways, he's he's the odds-on favorite for coach of the year at plus seven fifty. Adrian Griffin, for some reason, is number two. Which this is, we're already cooking with gas in this episode, but this will be the last like real tangent we go into. Um, Adrian, did you hear the story about what happened with the coaching staff with the Bucks recently, right before the season started? It hasn't yet, or like last season. No, this this year, like it's just happened. So it it just happened. Oh, I guess people won't hear this before the season starts. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep it a buck. No. I have no idea. So uh, Terry Stotts, who you said th- just the other episode, oh, he can be a head yes. coach. He's not with the team anymore. Yes. Okay. I have seen this. I don't know why, but I did see that Terry Stotts is gone. Yeah. So what happened apparently is, um, you know, Dame's – obviously it makes sense. Dame just got to Milwaukee. Terry Stotts is his former head coach of most of his career. Oh, I didn't even connect those dots. Oh, really? Now that you say it, duh. Yeah. But so, but like that made a lot of sense having him there. And, D- and Dame talked about a lot, like about how it felt like it was like a seamless transition because he felt like he was actually another coach in a way because he knows all the terminology because Terry Stotts was the offensive coordinator. He was implementing the offense. Yep. And so, you know, Dame is very familiar with it and everything. Yep. Um, and I, I, I guess Adrian Griffin had some sort of – uncomfortability with with how Terry Stotts was either how like the players looked at him or how he went about his role as the assistant coach because um obviously the reason why he's there why the Bucks hired him on I'm guessing is the same reason why this happens a lot where a rookie head coach is hired and the same reason why Missoula's bench looks the way it does this year um when a rookie head coach is there the front office is like oh let's hire a very seasoned head coach as the assistant Let's go find guys that can help. Help. Yeah, to kind of give him some experience on the bench, and sometimes you'll see that backfire in a way because you know a lot of coaches like to use their own coaching tree, you know, that they yep 
Uh, so it's a little bit of overstepping with the, when like the front office assembles all the coaches for them. And then also like when they give them what they kind of view sometimes as like a babysitter or as like a, basically a backup in case if you don't do a good job, this guy's on the bench and gonna do it. take your spot. Um, so I'm sure it, there was some kind of di- dynamic there where Adrian Griffin felt that way about Terry Stotts. But apparently what happened was after a play in practice and scrimmage, uh, Dame and some other players uh, like huddled up with Terry Stotts. Like, you know, he went over to them and like was talking to them, saying some stuff to them about what they were doing. And then uh, right after that happened, Adrian Griffin apparently started cur- like cussing Terry Stotts out in front of the whole team and like just like oh. like berating him and digging into him. And then um, Terry Stotts left, like I think immediately that day announced that he wasn't going to be with the team anymore. And then the, like they did like a press conference about it. And Adrian Griffin was like, they asked him about it, like why he was leaving. And he was like, yeah, I don't know why he's leaving. Uh, it, it caught us all by surprise or something like that. Uh, and I wish him all the best, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, which is just like a, a not a nothing answer. But, it's a non-answer, yeah. Yeah, but like, it's just crazy that that would happen right before the season starts. And I, I can't imagine Dame is like thrilled about that. So... Um, Looking here, because I, like, didn't know, and so I, like, looked it up as you were talking. Yeah. Apparently, Stotts asked all the – or, sorry, Griffin asked all the coaches to huddle up, but Stotts was talking with Giannis and Dame instead. Okay. I missed that detail. Which Griffin did not like, and then everything after that was, like, as you had said. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it just feels like something that is – uh, a bit of a train wreck at the beginning of a season, especially like with him being the offensive coordinator and like, like the real off, you know what, what I mean? Like when a coach yes, is like, it's, it's not like a guy that they had to give the title to. Yeah. It was his offense, uh-huh. not Griffin's. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but yeah, it just seems like a bit of a mess. Also, I, I'm sure like this this doesn't bode too well as like a great introduction to the beginning of Adrian Griffin's career as a head coach. Like, probably doesn't earn him too much favor with the front office. But then also with anybody, yeah, with across the, the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Terry Stotts is a disliked guy. Oh no, not at all. He's a very well, well respected, well liked guy. Yeah. So to blow up on him because he was, and if it was true that the head coach asked all the coaches to huddle up and talk about something. And Terry, Terry Stotts, like if it was an active decision to be like, I'm going to go talk to D- Damon Giannis instead. Yeah. I, I feel like obviously it could have been handled better, mm-hmm. but like, I would also be like, okay, I'm sure, what are we, I'm sure it was probably doing? some kind of continued pattern of like, there, there might, there was probably some other instances of like Adrian Griffin feeling like Terry Stotts, the way he was behaving was a little bit like he was above the rules, you know, above where he was actually at. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure. It, I, it's probably actually kind of hard for a guy like Terry Stotts not to feel that way when yeah, he's been a coach every... for over a decade, a head coach, and he's with a, a first-year head coach. And, you know, he's he's also – he's kind of like the offensive coach in a way. And so he's mm-hmm. he's just – he feels like he can have kind of free reign in a way, I guess, other than – it's not like he was actively disobeying. Unless, unless he did – it was like very um, noticeable that he was like, hey – Let's huddle up. And Terry Stotts was like, after hearing that, I am now going to turn around and walk over the other direction. You know what I mean? I feel like it was probably something like he was already kind of headed over 
to talk to Giannis and Dame. And he just and, was like, I'll come, I'll meet you over there after I'm done here. But who knows? Um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting story to throw in here while we have Adrian Griffin here as the numbers two odds guy for a coach of the year. Don't it, feel it was, great about it. It, <laughs> it. it makes me not worried about the Bucks because they just have too much to be bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is very concerning. Yeah, for sure. Now that like I've heard and like digested all of it at once, other than I saw Terry Stotts was gone abruptly. Mm-hmm. That was already like, oh, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Um, but now like, it's literally like, just days before the season started. Yeah. Like, this was last Tuesday, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a week. <laughs> yeah. Or a week and a day for the Bucks because they don't play opening night. Yeah. But which I thought was weird. Nobody on the East Coast plays opening night. So all the game times suck. Oh yeah, that is for like New York people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, six thirty and nine is the central time starts, right? Oh, so they did just do a. You just have like a early Denver time tip off. Yeah, so it'd be five thirty, Denver. Yeah, because it's which is not a great time to start a basketball game if people get off work at five o'clock. Yeah, probably not. But first game of the season, I'm sure there's a lot of people going to make it there. I, I'm, nope. Yeah, it's going to be sold out for sure. I'm not worried about Denver selling out uh, Ball, Ball Arena. Arena or Pepsi Center or any whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, Ball Arena has grown on me a lot. I'm fine with calling it that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Joe Mazzula is third. Rick Carlisle is fourth. Nick Nurse is fifth. Honestly, I don't feel great about like any of these. Other than Mark um, Dignall. I feel good about Mark Dagnall. I think Dagnall will be a good one. Um, if the Celtics, I'm I'm a homer. I'm going to stop talking. He could be. I, I don't hate that. No, one. I don't think like none of them are bad picks. None of the names they said are terrible. Their team, it just whose team is, and it's hard to say highest above expectation. But like if the Celtics are a consistent team, like that's what they weren't last year was like consistent through everything. Yeah. So if they're like consistent under this new Missoula system, then I feel like there's an argument for him. He's the best coach that's made a consistent team. Like even though their expectation is to be one of the best teams in the NBA, like mm-hmm. if you become the best version of what you could possibly be, there's a world. But then if if OKC looks really good, then obviously. But I don't think we'll see another Mike Brown. I don't think that'll happen again this year. Yeah, a unanimous. Um, yeah, that, I don't think that that will be a case. It'll be – just a lot of votes for a lot of guys at the top. Maybe Spolster will get some love if the Heat have a good regular season. Yeah, I could Wild see that. Wild that he's never won this award. That's true. Really crazy. That could bolster um, his chances for it. Because I feel like it got brought up more last year, especially in that playoff run. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe Malone just gets one. Yeah, he's not even on here. Which I feel like there's like some coaches where like they get the players get too much of the the lo- Jokic is like a weird. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the players do more of the coach's job than the coach. Yeah. Like Doc Rivers ever being in coach of the year things is illegal. <laughs> Cuz it's like he does he doesn't his players don't carry him but like his players enable him to be a good coach more than some coaches. Like there's never been a Mike Brown level like I've got good guys but I bring them up to their highest potential with what we do. You know what I mean? I feel like that's never been the case with some people. Yeah. But then there's also some coaches where like their only job, like 
Steve Nash was a very much manage these people. And he didn't really do that that well. I'm not saying he did a good job. I'm just saying that there's like coaches that just do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the ones that are like all-timers are guys that do both. They get these crazy high-level talents and then manage everybody. Popovich. Phil Jackson, Popovich, um, Kerr, kind of. For sure. Yes. So there's like guys that can do that. but um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I also – Joe Mazzula, the bench there, could help out. Um, with the, all the new assistant coaches that they hired on. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, so it's like Sam Cassell, Charles Lee, and Jeff Van Gundy, apparently. I don't know if he's a full-time one, but he's either an advisor or he's on the, on the staff as the assistant. I feel like he was on the staff. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. It, it's also like – because last year was like so abrupt in having to – promote him to head coach and like they just had the same bench of a bunch of young unexperienced assistants senior consultant of basketball operations oh so consultant is is van gundy's title so he's like what steve nash was with the warriors uh back so he'll be around and i think that'll also be good for consistency yeah Mm -hmm. so that that will help out there i think rick carlisle i think is a pretty good candidate for coach of the year if the pacers are you know just come out blazing. Um, Nick Nurse, maybe. I could maybe if Philly just plays really well this season, if there's a lot of changes there. Taylor Jenkins' case, I, I guess I could see if the Grizzlies are just like still really good without Jaw. You know, first 25 games of the season, if they're just rolling, Taylor Jenkins, you could see get in there. I think, I think one of the best sleeper picks here is Quinn Snyder, honestly. Being plus two thousand, because if the Hawks are able to put some things together, like if Quinn Snyder does make the impact that I think he could have on the Hawks, and that that team actually melds together well, and um, they rattle off some wins, you know, get get up there to like the forty six, forty seven range, even, I think he could be a pretty good candidate. Where's Chris Finch at? Minnesota. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm aware he's in yeah. Minnesota. Um, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that as the question. He's also at plus 2,000. I like that one a little bit. Um, I feel like there's not very many bad coaches. There's just unproven ones, which is a good place to be at. Yeah. Also, another reason why the NBA is primed for expansion. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. So he's. I'm gonna go Missoula. I'm just gonna stick with my guy. Okay, that's fair. And I'll I'll go with Mark Dagnall then, since he's available. <laughs> I think he'll probably be the the coach of the year, honestly. Most likely. Last place is Wes Unseld Jr. with the Washington really? Wizards. <laughs> probably because his team's terrible. Yeah. Billy Donovan is second to last. Hmm. And Mike Brown is actually really close to last. Probably just because. The, I feel like he just can't yeah. do better than he did last year. Which is, for some reason, the way the coach of the year works. It's like the first time of something happening. You know? It's like if you were just as good of a coach as you were last year, that you're like not even close to as good of a candidate. For some, yeah. It's like... No, it's the guys that like have the, the big jump that always... It's almost like most Spolstra's improved player, for, but for coaches. coaches. Or like most unexpected player. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Because for some reason to the wrong we're like, oh, if they, yeah. we're, the the way we do it is like, oh, this roster should probably do this, and then in, if they overachieve that by a lot, then that's that's what the coach of the year race is. <laughs> is if well, yeah, the team is way better than like, the roster thought people thought the roster should be, and especially if it's very clearly coaching and scheme. If it's not just like, oh, we didn't think that. I mean, it sometimes is just that though. That's like the whole case. Oh, you know what I mean? People just don't because you don't know all the ins and outs of like why, you know. So, yeah. So sometimes people are just like, oh, it's got to be coaching. And then they give it to the coach. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's like very clearly a player's just better than they were. Yeah. That, that too. For sure. Like part of the jazz thing last year. But Will Hardy was also a good can- He was top three, I think, last year for coach of the year. But yeah, I think that will do it for this episode of the. Uh, Hoop Theory Podcast. This was the LeBron episode. Uh, finally got an episode. He didn't get 23 or 6 because of the other guys that, that have won I those numbers. I did not think about that. This is the first LeBron episode. Mm-hmm. Didn't we say we were going to give him, like, was it 123? Like, once we get up to those crazy numbers? I think we, we might have said something like we that. We were just yeah. going to, like, soft start over. Mm-hmm. And that'd be good because we have a, a person for 100, obviously. Will? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we use Will for 13? We did, but we've had we've you've used oh, we've um, done two. Kobe we've twice. Up. We've doubled up a couple times. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I think just once. No, there might have been another one. Yeah, I bet I th- Kobe for sure though was um twice a for, double for eight and twenty four. But yeah, so anyways, this will be the end of today's episode. Um, please like, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please support the show by uh checking us out on patreon patreon.com slash hoop theory uh buy me a coffee slash hoop theory also uh both of the links of those should be in the show description and uh, the episode description wherever you're listening to this and then also check out us on check us out on the social media platforms for the shorts uploading daily there um and without further ado i guess stay happy stay healthy and we will talk to you guys next episode Peace.